Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How's everybody doing today? Did you guys hear birds during the worship service? Was that birds? Were those birds? Where's Dan at? Dan? Dan left. He's out of here. Where's he at? Were those birds? Did you guys hear birds? The background? Did you guys not hear the birds? Guys, I'm hearing birds. <laughs> Y'all did? Who did? Y'all heard birds? I did too. Y'all heard birds? Everybody just raised their hand that heard birds are all crazy. So uh, we're all crazy. Anyway, I thought it was really great. I was like, wow, that's cool. really cool. Um, I tried to figure out how I was going to, um, how I was going to do this message. I tried to figure out the best way to do it. So um, we're going through the parables of Christ. And so let me, I think, let me see. Dan, can I use your guitar? All right. I've always wanted to do this. Be cool like a guitar player. All right. How far are we going to go, Dan? Oh, we can go all the way over. <clears throat> Is this a G chord? All right. Cool. Do you guys remember your little kids? And you used to sing a song? This little light of mine. Hear that song? I'm going to let it shine. Can we kill the lights? Kill the lights. Kill the lights. This is not good. I need to look really cool. As a matter of fact, leave off the lights. All right. Listen, I'm going to need some help with this. So... Can you guys just welcome our children's ministry? And this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Everybody sing it with me. This little light of mine. Where's my kids? I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Sing it with me. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And this is the part I love. I love this part because we get to yell. You can come on up here. You get to yell. Here we go. Ready? Everybody ready to yell no? Let's yell it. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Are we going to sing it again? Listen. Every guest just left. They all left. They were like, hey, the lights are out. They're weird. They dip bread and wine, and let's leave. Anyway, guys, y'all ready to sing? Are you ready? Are y'all ready to sing? We have the words on the back. We should have the words behind us, too. Y'all, let's stand up and let's sing this. Ready? I've never led worship in the church before, but this is going to be a first time. Here we go. Y'all ready? Kids, are y'all ready? Are you sure? This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I wanna see those lights. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Here's the bushel part, ready? Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let's do the first part again. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Yeah! Woo! All right. Hey, let's give it up for our children's pastor and our children's ministry right here. Thank you guys so much. You did excellent. You did excellent. All right. Thank you guys. I'll shut up and quit playing now. All right. I just unplugged it, Dan, so make sure you plug it back in, okay? All right. Back to class. <clears throat> All right. How many people knew I played guitar? How many people I knew I didn't play guitar very well? <laughs> Elijah, you shut up. No one asks you. When you don't practice guitar for a long time, because I used to play a lot, when you don't practice for a lot, your fingers get soft, and then the, the, the strings kill your fingers. And so my fingers are on fire right now, just doing those little simple chords. So isn't that cool? We all know today's message. We do. We all know today's message because we've heard today's message since we were children. And the children know today's message because we've taught it to them at this church. We do. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's the message of today. We just need to figure out how we can let it shine. And that's what I hope to talk about with you today. We're going through parables. I told you guys last week that... Parable means to throw something alongside of, is what the word parable means. It's, it's, a, it's, it's actually, it's what I call it, it oftentimes in teaching, is, is I'm actually in, enhancing the learning, okay? I'm, I'm actually putting, I'm connecting something beside the learning so that when you hear that, you connect with that. Are you with me? For instance, whenever I sing the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine, then you should connect, oh, man, that's in Matthew because Jesus said, let our light shine of the world. That's what, and that's how you connect it. That's why when you heard the song, it came back and probably brought back memories. Maybe when you were younger, <clears throat> maybe when you were a kid. We know that Jesus was the great teacher and he taught in parables. And so today, we're going to look at the second parable. The second parable is found in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 <clears throat> through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Here's what it says. It says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, and here it is, and then puts it under a basket. No! You're going to let it shine. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. And here's the reason we do that. 
We don't do it so that people will think that we are a good person. We don't do it to make ourselves feel better. We do it so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, I want you to understand the context of the text that we just read. And in order to understand the context of the text, you have to know how things were back then. So here, and I've taught this before in this church, here's how things were uh, back then. Back then, when a king would come into his kingdom, what he would do is, is he would, the king, would proclaim how things are going to be in his kingdom. And this is really cool. This is spiritually way deep too. If you go there, he would speak how things were going to be in his kingdom. And whatever words he used were how it was supposed to be. Now we see this sometimes when we have politicians. Uh, Poor example. But we see this when we have politicians who say, well, when I get in, this is what's going to happen. And then it never happens. And then four years later, they say the same thing again and again and again and again into infinity, right? Well, that's not how it was. Back then, when a king proclaimed something, then it was. What I want you to understand is, is that Jesus, these texts, that we're, the little snippet of the text we pulled out, and we're going to actually go back to these texts, uh, some more things in the Sermon on the Mount, but the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' proclamation because the book of Matthew wanted you to see Jesus as king. And the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' proclamation of how it was going to be, chapters 5 through 7. This is how it's going to be in my kingdom. Because he was king. Are you with me? And so what he's saying is this. This is how my people are going to act. They are going to let their light shine on to other people so that other people can see. So that when they see, they won't think they're a great person. They'll praise God in the process. This is how it would be. What can we learn from these texts? They're so filled I could do a whole series on these texts. But we won't do that. We'll just take one Sunday. And I want to start with this. How do we let our light shine? Well, Jesus, he reflected God to others and so should we. Jesus reflected God to others and so should we. In Matthew chapter 22, we see a text in Matthew chapter 22. Let me go there. It should be on the thing behind. I want to go there. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 34. 22, 34 starts like this, and it says this. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. They thought they were going to trap him. That's why. And it said, One of them, an expert in religious uh, law, tried to trap him with this question, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus said this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And this is the part where we miss so much. 
And then in verse 39, he says this, a second is equally important. The first one is important. See, I know a lot of people that really love God, but they don't love other people. Are you with me? And Jesus says the second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Jesus reflected God to others, and so should we. There's a story, and we don't have to go there, but there's a story in the book of, book of Mark where Jesus is watching this widow lady, and she comes and she brings her offering, and she pours it out. And it was very little, but to her it was a lot. And Jesus said, you see, she's the one that went away justified. She, she's the one that showed God. She gave out of her poverty and not out of her abundance. And she's the one. That's her. I want to point her out to you. She's the one. I got the privilege of working with a man who was a good and a godly man. Um, he was not flashy, and he was not uh, someone who was he, he was, he was pretty good at his job. Um, but what he got right was loving God and loving people. Chris Gould was a, was a friend of mine from Palmetto Baptist when I was there, and he was the, the worship leader, and Chris would do things that no one really knew he was doing. Every Monday he would go and take a, take a trailer, he would drag it down to, in, into Atlanta, and he would get all kinds of food for the food pantry on Wednesday night, and that's just what he would do, and he just would. If you needed some, I, I cannot tell you how many times I asked Chris to do stuff for the student. Hey, Chris, could you drive a bus for Sunday night? Yes. Could you? Yes. Yeah. Can I be honest with you? Chris never told me no. He never told me no. Never. Never. He took a mission trip every summer with the church for 30 some odd years. And it was interesting because when he passed away, he passed away of brain cancer. And when he passed away, there was a blanket. There was a blanket that was given to his, to his wife. And it was a blanket made out of all of the t-shirts that they had made over the years of the mission trip. There was so much love, so much in that, in that blanket. He was someone who loved God and who loved other people. He did it right. He showed others God. And he did it as he went along his way. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means as he lived his life. As he lived his life, he loved God and he loved other people. He reflected God to others. A lot of people don't know when they hear that Israel was the chosen people, they don't understand why they were chosen. Well, they were chosen to bring forth the Messiah. Um, I'll just tell you that. But another reason they were chosen was because God wanted to take his, this affection and he wanted to pour out this love and this affection onto this people. And he wanted, and he wanted to be their God and, and, and he wanted them to be his people. And then all of the people all over the world, he wanted them to see the goodness. He wanted them to see, everyone to see the goodness of what God was so that when they saw the goodness of God, they too would say, wow, I'm seeing the goodness of God. I, I want what they have. And they would draw themselves. They would be drawn to this place. 
That's why. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Jesus is the same way. He has a people. Those that believe, those that follow, He has a people. And He wants to pour out those things on His people. So that other people, when they look at the behavior, when they look at the attitude, when they look at who these people are, they too will be drawn, not to that person, but drawn to Christ because of the Christ in you. You've heard it said, and I'll tell you again, share the gospel and use words if you need to. Show people what the Bible says by our actions and our deeds, not by our words. And right along with that, which is the second point, is this. Jesus loved and served others unconditionally, and so should we. Man, that's what Chris did so well. He did it so well. The last thing he wanted to do when he was 60 years old or 59 years old or 61 years old is to get on a bus with a bunch of teenagers. Really? I mean, that's what he didn't want to do that. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to go home and hang out with his wife and relax and get ready for the week. But I can't tell you the countless number of times he said, yes, yes, I'll drive. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll take him. I'll, ta- I'll, go- I'll drive ice skating. Yes, I'll drive. It, it ha- I'll drive on the ski trip. Yes, I'll drive going to camp. Yes, over and over and over and over and over again. Well, why is that? Well, because he loved and served others unconditionally. Jesus did that, and so should we. There's a scene right before, there's a scene before we see Jesus go and be, um, he, he went and he was crucified and he died, and we see this scene. And you would think that the last thing he'd want to tell people was the most important. And do you know what Jesus did? Jesus went and knelt down with a towel and he washed feet. He washed feet as one of the last acts. Of, let me ask you a question. If you knew that tomorrow morning was going to be your last time on earth, would you, what would you do? Would you go hang out with your family or would you say, you know what I want to do? I want to wash some nasty feet. That's what I got on my agenda. You know what I mean? Run to Publix, get some food, wash nasty feet. No, you're not going to do that. Jesus did that. You know why he did it? Because he loved people unconditionally. And he poured out who Christ was unconditionally. There's a lady that I knew. We, Wendy and I used to work at a children's ministry. It's called Youth Town of Tennessee. And, and Wendy did a lot of the clinical stuff. And I did some administrative stuff. There's a lady that was there. This lady actually should have been on uh, the Jay Leno show back then. What it was called. She was supposed to be on the Jay Leno show. But her husband got sick and couldn't go with her. But her name was Sarah Kimes. And Sarah Kimes was a lady who... Every Christmas, she would start at Thanksgiving, and she would start making coconut cakes. When I tell you that her coconut cakes were to die for, they were to die for. And she would go around, and she would take orders for coconut cakes. And she would sell and auction these coconut cakes. And every Christmas, she would come into Youth Town, and she would hand a check for five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. She did this over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why did she do that? Well, because she loved people unconditionally. Because she served people unconditionally. No one, no one ever came to Sarah and said, hey, can you make me a coconut cake? 
so that you could sell it and give it to the kids here at the children's home. No, she did it unconditionally. Can I tell you the truth here? I've never regretted going past what was expected of me. I've never done it. I've never said, gosh, man, I wish I hadn't gone above and beyond. I've never done that. I've never regretted serving other people. I've never regretted that. I've never regretted giving more than giving less. I've never left the restaurant and said, you know, that, that, that single mom with, with three children, man, I wish I hadn't given her that $30. I wish I'd have gave her $20. i have never done that. I've never done that. I've never regretted loving people in a big way. I want to tell you something real quick. I'm going to take a pause here. Loving people in a big way has risk because a lot of people will not love you back or they will not reciprocate or they will not react the way you think they should. And guess what? I've asked God over and over again, God, do I have to do this? And every time he says, yes, continue on, continue on, continue on. As a matter of fact, it is the very essence of Christ on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't. I've never regretted loving people in a big way. I've never regretted going last. I never have. That's one of the things I do naturally. I don't know why, but I always want people to go before me, like in food lines and stuff. I want people to to go before me. I don't know. I just naturally do that. It's not because I'm great or anything. I I just want people to be fed before I am. I've never regretted that. I've never regretted decreasing so that God could increase. I've never regretted that. I've regretted increasing and God decreased. I've regretted that a whole lot. But I've never regretted decreasing so that God could increase. I've never regretted that. Today, you guys, I'm asking you to love people without conditions, to serve others without conditions. Now, today, in today's society, uh, uh, what, what, what someone would deem love is, is accepting them and everything about them and not asking them to change and not asking them if they're going to call themselves a follower of Jesus to align with the biblical text. Does that make sense? So I'm not telling you just to say, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah, I don't care. Oh, no, no, what you're doing is not, it's it's okay, it's okay. No, no, because if your kid was doing something wrong, you know what you would do? You would say, listen, I love you, but here's the truth. That's what you would say. And that's the same thing I think God calls us to do. Loving and accepting does not go hand in hand, people. I want you to get that. Loving is saying, hey, this is what the text says. This is what the Bible says. This is how I view. This is what I see. This is what God's done for my life. And I think he can do the same for yours. This is the deliverance I have in my life. I think he can do the same for yours. That's what loving looks like. The next thing is this, guys, and I don't ever want you to forget this. Remember, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You and I represent Christ. We represent Christ. You know what the word Christian means? It means one who follows Christ. One who follows Christ. The scripture says uh, in 1 Peter, it says that we are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's workmanship, created to do good works. We are God's masterpiece. And we have been created 
not an old, like last week, the old wineskins. We are created anew in Christ so that we could do good things. By the way, that he planned for you a long time ago. We can do those good things. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says that we are, and this is so cool, we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, that's so cool when you think about that. And I want you to think about this for a second. We are Christ's ambassadors. And so when the United States has an ambassador, and I've been to a couple of the embassies, when you go and you're, you're an ambassador, it's really cool because the minute you step inside of that, the minute you step inside of that place, it's like having a little America there. And you're an ambassador, right? The person is an ambassador that's sent by the president. And here's what the ambassador does. The ambassador, if I was made an ambassador, all right, and I went, and I went overseas, I don't have the right, I don't have the right to go off on my own and say anything I want to say. Do you know what I do? I am, and this is an ambassador is a reflection of how the president wants things to be run. He's saying, I want you to go and you be an ambassador for my policies. Or if we go back to what we talked about earlier, we are ambassadors and Jesus is saying, I want you to go and be the representative for how our kingdom is going to be. So you are... I am the ambassador. We are the representative for Christ. And we are to represent Christ. Some people don't do that very well. They don't. My fourth point is this. And this is a deep theological point, so make sure you take out your pen and piece of paper. If you're saved... Inform your face. If you're saved, inform your face. I love this scripture in Isaiah 53 too. Can we bring that up? Isaiah 53 too says this, and it's, it's, it's the prophecy of Christ, and it says, My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. And here it is. This is so awesome. And there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance there was nothing to attract us to him. Leave that up there. Guys, listen. The great looking actors with the blue eyes playing Jesus, probably not what Jesus looked like. I'm just taking a guess. The Jesus that is in every Baptist church where he's got his two fingers like this, I've told us we need to get one behind the baptistry. Just a big old huge picture of Jesus going like this, you know. He's got the long flowing locks of hair coming down. Probably not what he looked like. You know how I know that? Look, Jesus didn't look like the bachelor, all right? I'm just going to tell you that. Here's how I know that. Because the scriptures in Isaiah said, listen, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about this guy. There was nothing that, about his appearance that drew people to him. Do you know what drew people to Jesus? God's love drew people to Jesus. That's what it is. I will never forget in my walk with Christ, and I guess I was about 21 or 22, 
because I had grown, I didn't grow up in a church, but I started going to church when I was about 15 or 16. I had gone before a little bit here and there, but as far as consistently, we hadn't gone. And I'll never forget because I went to this church, and honestly, this church, funny enough, it had the picture of the Jesus with the two fingers in the back. It was kind of funny, but uh, I, I, I just, I had this picture of, of Jesus that, that he was, he was um, kind of watching me all the time, you know what I mean? And kind of critiquing me a lot. And, and I was checking off these boxes, and I thought Jesus was probably a little uptight. Are you with me? Preacher seemed a little uptight, so I figured Jesus was too. Um, some of the people in the church were super nice and super sweet. I, I'm so thankful for them. A few of them, though, you know, there's always a couple. And if you don't know who those are, it's probably you. Um, but um, I, I, uh, I went to a passion play in Memphis. Passion play was during Easter. And I went because they were supposed to have camels and donkeys in the church. All right. Uh, it was, um, I cannot think of the name of the church right now to save my life. It's right outside of Memphis. It's the largest, Adrian Rogers' church. Wendy, you know, starts with a B, doesn't it? Bellevue. Who, who got that? Who got that? Good job. Bellevue Baptist is what it is. The truck drivers called it Fort Jesus. Three huge crosses. Incredible church. So I went with a friend of mine to Bellevue Baptist Passion Play. And I'll never forget it because there was a scene when Jesus rode in on the donkey. And it was a real donkey, by the way. It was kind of cool. He rode in on the donkey and there were sheep, real sheep. Like this place is huge. Real sheep, chickens. It was incredible. And um, they showed a thing of Jesus at a party. And first I was like, I don't think Jesus would be at a party. And I was like, no, he actually was at a party. I didn't think about that because it was festival. It was a festivity. And, he was, and then it showed Jesus dancing, like at the festivity. And I was like, well, man, I've always thought that was wrong. I felt guilty about, you know, doing my little eighth grade dance. You know what I'm saying? Are you with me? But I saw it differently. And I was like, wow, Jesus is like he's having a good time. And I'm going to be honest with you. Man, it opened my eyes. I was like, Wow. This, this whole following Jesus thing can be kind of fun. It, I don't have to be so uptight. And I don't have to be so... And so I started exploring that, and I realized, wow, it really can. It's really something that's supposed to be lived. It, it, we weren't meant to be mean. We, we were meant to be festive and joyful and loving. Because people are watching how we act. We are. People are watching how we act. And you may think, well, gosh, man, I get that, but... What if I'm going through a hard time? Well, let people watch how a follower of Jesus goes through a hard time. Hey, listen, 2023 has stunk for Lynn and I. It stunk. We were never so happy to ring in the new year of 2024. Y'all know we had a flood and we had a fire here. I told you, if the earthquake hits, I'm looking upward. Lord, come on. Because we've checked off a few of the boxes. But what we had hoped is that we've shown people how to go through trials the way a Christian would, the way a follower would. Now, does that mean that I've been Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky? No. Some, I've talked to some of you. You know how I've been. But it definitely doesn't mean that Christ hasn't been in the middle of everything. And that the best worship service we did all year was not Christmas Eve and it was not the one in Easter and it was not 
You know, it was, it was the one at the, at, at, at the pavilion, man. That was the best worship service. And you know it and I know it. And all, we didn't even plan hardly. We had all these plans going for that service on October 1st. And God said, no, I don't think so. Let's do this instead. And Holy Spirit showed up and it was incredible. So God can work through those things. I want to tell you guys something before we close. I wasn't screamed into heaven. No one screamed at me from a pulpit into heaven. I wasn't scared into heaven either. No one told me I was going to hell. All right? No one did that. I wasn't guilted into heaven either. I wasn't. I was loved into heaven through a relationship with Christ and people loving me. That's how I decided I want to be like them. They have something that I don't have and I want to be like them. So I want to encourage you this. Don't walk around mad at the world. And don't walk around being rude to people. And don't walk around being upset all the time. If you do, go see a therapist. And I'm not joking. I'm dead serious. Go see a counselor. Heck, if, you, if you've got issues that you need to deal with, I've told people this openly from the pulpit. I've went to counseling. Are you kidding me? Having to deal with you guys? Of course I'm in therapy. Are you kidding me? Good Lord. We even will help pay for it as a church. We believe in it. Don't walk around being mean to your waitress. I've never met a waitress that said, you know what I want to do for the rest of my life? I want to work at Waffle House. That's it, career goals right there. I want to serve on Sunday when all the Christians come in and give me a track instead of a tip. No. And don't walk around with a scowl on your face. If you're saved, inform your face. If you do walk around and you're rude and you're upset all the time and you're, you mean you're a waitress, scowl on your face, tell them you go to First Baptist. Don't tell them you go to real church. Because that's not who we are. Because we want to take this little light of mine and we want to let it shine. And that's the message I have for you today. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, God, for, for the children that came in here. That was so much fun. Thank you so much for the life they bring to our ministry. Thank you so much for their simple message, but deep message that we all need to take in. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. Let your light shine through us. And let us be people that let our light shine on to other people. Lord, as you do that, and as you change us, and as we see more people come, we won't take any credit, but we will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. 
We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.